We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. And uh, tonight we're going to switch up the format a little bit. Typically, uh, I run through the results for the week, but uh, we are actually going to be talking about some uh, some golf betting strategy stuff. Uh, not necessarily anything uh, too specific about this week, although maybe I'll maybe I'll get a a, a couple of couple of tips uh for this week as well but um we're gonna be talking general strategy stuff uh you know our guest tonight from his work over at the score he's eric patterson you can find on twitter at epat golf what's going on man not too much appreciate you having me on um i don't think i've ever done a a live stream before so this is exciting for me (laughs) yeah we uh i just uh, i just figured out how to do this in a uh, in a seamless way into periscope uh, with guests. So it's, uh, it's, it's a little new on me as well, but, um, 
ever since they got rid of the Google Hangout to YouTube Live thing, it's been uh, it's been a struggle for me. So <laughs> we can we can talk about the three M Open if you want, but uh, I'm not sure what's uh, more interesting my my <laughs> my insight into golf betting or that tournament that we just watched. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we. Uh, I, I I wanted to sort of start off and just get a little a little background info on you. Um, what's uh, would you consider yourself a a better first and a golf fan second, or the other way around? Like, how did you how did you get into this? Definitely the other way around. Golf fan first uh, heightened the experience. Is like kind of how I would like to to frame what I do. Um, I just like to add another layer of enjoyment. I can definitely watch a tournament with nothing on the line but at the same time i mean if i'm gonna spend all week thinking about it looking into it talking about it i may as well you know kind of put my money where my mouth is yeah for sure so did you did you grow up playing was it something you found uh found recently or how did that your your actual playing career how'd that how'd that go (laughs) playing career this will be short this will be short no i just yeah i played as as long as I can remember pretty much, uh, real young, got pretty good in like high school, uh, you know, and then tailed off as I went to, went to school and definitely had no money to afford playing, but then picked it up after school and kind of refell in love with the game. But definitely something that's been with me, um, for, for my entire life, uh, definitely a, a lot more involved now than I was maybe five or six years ago, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been with me forever. Gotcha. Uh, yes, yeah, similar, similar story on my end. I, for as long as I can remember, uh, I can think back to just watching, you know, Sunday golf with my dad and my grandpa. Uh, and I think as soon as I could walk, I was golfing. So I, uh, I definitely have a similar, I'm similar sure story here in our circle. That's probably not the, I don't know if that's the most common thing, but I'm sure it's, it's drawn in maybe more fans from other sports or guys who are picking up golf now after being involved in, you know, DFS or betting that type of circle. So it's, uh, you know, it's easy to pick. Well, no, it's not easy to pick up, but it's fun to get involved and get into golf. Um, whatever, whatever stage in life you're at. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All, all my friends now that are getting into it are, are all set, you know, cursing, wishing that they would have gotten into it sooner. Yeah. So. That's, that's what I always hear is like, man, yeah. I wish I just played. I wish I started earlier. I wish I started yep. earlier, but yeah. And I think now you're, you're seeing, uh, you know, even another uh, another boom in golf oh, yeah. in general, just because of you know the fact that I mean, sports are coming back now. But uh, for the past few weeks or so, we've we've sort of had uh, the spotlight on on just golf, uh, at at least as far as U.S. sports go. Um, so that's been that's been cool to see, seeing like uh, you know guys that I've followed for years uh, talking about golf for the first time uh, over the last two months has been interesting for sure. Yeah, some some of the takes from uh, maybe some of the bigger names in sports media are a little uh, misguided, maybe is the word. But uh, it is good to see that it was getting the spotlight for some time. Um, it helped that we were getting some pretty pretty good tournaments out of the break with you know yeah. some some big time winners and big time finishes. But we'll see if it can stick around uh, with you know NBA starting up and MLB and hockey right around the corner. So we'll see we'll see if it can keep this momentum going. Yeah, and I mean, no, nobody, uh, nobody was happier than you for golf to come back after the uh, the heater that you've been on as well. So that's been... uh, it was nice, definitely nice, and it was <laughs> tough. Like even in, in I'm in like uh, the the very fluctuating sports media world when sports shut down, that was uh, pretty pretty scary. But um, it was it was nice for me to get golf back 
as soon as it did. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I couldn't have imagined waiting this long for golf to return. Like what NBA's up to now. I don't even know how many yeah. months that is like five or six, but that would have been, I would have been going nuts. I thought, I thought the three month layoff is plenty long enough. So it's good to have it back. So during, during that layoff, uh, what, how did you, how did you spend your time? Did you, uh, did you do much as far as, you know, tweaking what you look at? Um, or was it, was it really more of just like a break for you? It was actually nice to, you know, kind of hit reset for a bit and then you get the, the juices going. Um, you can definitely find yourself in a, you know, some sort of weird routine where you're not putting as much thought or as much process into it. You're just kind of going through the motions. Um, and maybe that's, that's kind of what helped me go on this little recent run I've been on. It definitely hit a brick wall last week, but that was expected. Uh, but yeah, it just maybe a fresh set, like a kind of a reset and kind of look at things differently. Um, and maybe not having so much history to draw off of. You're just going with feels. You didn't have, you know, a few, a few months worth of, of data. You're just going off of like gut instinct and then right. really recent results, but as opposed to looking at like, you know, the last month or two and you can kind of, maybe get a little too much info, you know, analysis by paralysis. You just have so much inf information. You don't even know where to, where to go. So maybe that's a reason I'm not sure, but it was, uh, yeah, I don't think my process necessarily changed, but, um, maybe a fresh set of, uh, you know, eyes, even though I'm, you know, the same, same guy looking at it, but I wasn't falling into the same habits I was previous prior to the break. Right. I mean, let's, let's, uh, let's also, you did have you did have Max uh, with with a decent shot uh, towards yeah. the end of the tournament there. So yeah, let's, let's not call pickle. it too much of a brick wall there, right? <laughs> well, that was when you're. I mean, I wrote up three in my column and they all missed the cut, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> That's almost hard to do at that point, but yeah, Max made made that Sunday. I got off up my couch a little bit when when Homo was making a bit of a run, but yeah, wasn't meant to be. Yeah, well, you know. It, it can't you can't get every week right that that wouldn't even be fun at <laughs> a certain point was, right <laughs> you just kind of start believing that you can it was just <laughs> yeah but reality check a quick reality check yeah for sure so uh i i typically think of um whether it's whether it's dfs people or uh you know just strictly sports betting people i i typically think of it on a spectrum from uh you know like completely 100% numbers based like i i don't follow this sport i'm not going to watch it i'm not going to sweat it i just am looking at the numbers and i'm you know making plays based on that to you know the complete like tape watch feel uh where where do you fall on that spectrum are are you somewhere in the middle uh and where do you sort of lean yeah probably in the in the middle i think um you know going one way just strictly numbers you would miss a lot of the i don't know maybe important details you would definitely be picking like someone like tony finau every week um but too much numbers you you just you know the numbers don't tell the entire story whereas you look at just just results just tape just watch you know the leaderboards um without backing up with data you obviously doesn't tell the whole story so i think you I'm in a very fortunate position where I get to watch a lot of golf. Um, a lot of people don't have the time on Thursdays, you know, the entire week, really, they maybe just tune in for the last couple hours, but um, I'm pretty much watching start to finish Thursday to Sunday, which again, not a lot of people can do, but um, so I do, you know, take in a lot of, you know, 
most of it's feature groups. A lot of it's, you know, Ricky Fowler on, on feature groups all the time, but um, you do get a sense of how a player is actually playing, how they're hitting it. um, You know, why they made a double bogey. Maybe they, you know, had a bad lie or, um, you know, a bad chip or whatever. I don't know how, you know, it numbers don't tell us the full story. The, the scoreboard doesn't tell a full story. So I think a a good mixture of both um, definitely is the, the mix that I go with. Um, but again, it's not it's not easy to do. I would I would definitely you know shy towards all the n- mainly numbers if I was going to pick one or the other. But again, I'm I'm pretty lucky where I can kind of split the difference. Yeah, for sure. And just in general, I think it's also important for for people to realize that the the margins are are super thin, right? Like you can you can literally have one bad lie. And it costs you two strokes and you miss the cut, like literally strictly because of that. Like there's there are very few examples, I feel like, in other sports um, where one just complete minute, like <laughs> little tiny detail can really just change the entire narrative. Um, so yeah. I think I think that's important, too, to make sure that you're uh, that you're kind of tuned into that kind of stuff as well. I mean, like one lip out could maybe like Adam long this past weekend. I don't know. Maybe he, you know, he made the cut on the number and then made a huge run. But if he, you know, one, one shot here, one twenty footer on Thursday, if he misses that, he doesn't make the cut. He doesn't have a chance to make a run, but like, it's really just one shot. He's still playing, you know, at the same level he was, he just didn't have an opportunity to make a run on, on the weekend. So it's yeah, very, very fine margins, which is why I've actually, this is something I've learned recently. It's just, just don't overreact to missed cuts. Don't overreact to, you know, a T40 or a string of missed cuts even. Um, you know, if if Michael Thompson's actually a decent example because like, yeah, you know, three, four weeks ago at the Heritage, he was he was playing pretty well in a really, really strong field. Then he, I think he missed the cut last week, uh, maybe like a middling T50 something result, but he was still, he's still playing solid golf over like the last month. Right. Um and yeah, it finally popped for him. So uh, you just got to kind of pay attention to that and don't have, you know, don't specifically just look at the numbers, but also, you know, you got to, you got to find your balance. Yeah. And there, there's definitely, um, there's, ju- there are just so many examples of, of guys on in a given field that can win each week. Right. And like there, like we said, it, it's just, it's one swing, uh, you know, one gust of wind that could completely alter uh, you know, the course of a, a tournament or two for a guy. So. Before we jump back into our conversation with Eric, I want to remind you guys about our sponsor, Deal Dash. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. So go to DealDash.com, use the offer code ROTOVIZ or DealDash.FM slash ROTOVIZ. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash ROTOVIZ. The other site I want to remind you guys about is Bet Online. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. 
Major League Baseball has finally kicked off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. With the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online wagering experts. What what is your process? Are you are you plugging numbers into a model? Um, what how, how no model? Get, Definitely you, no model. How do you get from uh, odds being posted to uh, clicking on a bet? I mean, the first look, I typically just go off my gut. I'll see something that stands out. Uh, example, John Rom at the memorial, that just something that, you know, stood out as a, a misprice and you right. got to take advantage when you see that. Um, I mean, I've, I always kind of harken back to JT. I think it was at Firestone, maybe 2018 uh, for the WGC. He came out at like 30 or 40 to one when he was, wasn't playing that bad, but it just instantly stood out as a number that was just mispriced. And it's just those first, those first clicks are just, very gut reaction but again uh, i mean i've i've been following the data from the last few weeks i know like for example this week xander shoffley i know he played really well at memorial i know he was like lights out td green and just missed a bunch of putts um so when his number came out it was almost like an auto bet right there Mm -hmm. um so just having you know that that knowledge of the past few weeks of results and data and then going with like your initial gut reaction on the, on the numbers you see is, is kind of my early process. And then obviously I'll go to the, the go-tos in the industry, the Ben Coley's, the, the Pat Mayo's, the Feinberg's and kind of figure out what those guys are thinking. And if our thoughts align, if like my early leans are also their early leans, then maybe something's, you know, maybe there's something there. Um, but I'm not just going to just read someone's article and then just make those picks. Like I definitely do a lot beforehand but it is nice to get some reassurance yeah for sure um yeah so little 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 different than than my process because mine you know i the numbers uh the uh the the pga updates all the stats and i you know i i click run in r on on my model and the simulator and and get to work that way so uh slightly slightly different how does that work for you like do you uh, you must be like extremely uh like I have biases, obviously, but you're just strictly whatever comes to the top. That's what you go with, or do you ignore it sometimes? Um, I would say that my my uh, my good weeks are typically the ones where I uh, I I get out of the way. Um, I I have I have a pretty you know a pretty decent feel. Um, with the with the simulator that that I can trust it now uh after you know I I came out with the power ranking scores that I put out each week uh probably about maybe a year and a half ago or so and uh and since then I I feel I feel pretty pretty comfortable just following along with that of course there's always weird things um 
that pop up that I have to, <laughs> that I have to fix uh, as far as outliers go, or, you know, like uh, a, a good example was a few weeks ago. I think Brant Snedeker, uh, like for whatever reason, the model, my model liked him, but he had lost like eight strokes on approach or something uh, the week before when he missed that cut. And I was just like, no, you're not. <laughs> We're not doing it. I think this. I was on Snedeker that week too. And I think really? he missed the cut, but that <laughs> yeah. was a gut. That was like a gut play. I, uh, I, I don't remember the exact tournament it was at, but, um, yeah. That was I was like, Snedeker yeah, no, look. I was like, some, I was like that. I was like, I know what the model is looking at. I was like, but I know, I also know what just happened. <laughs> so you can I override mean, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every every so often I do, but um, you know, it has it has to be an outlier like that. I typically, uh, typically just follow along with that um, pretty closely. Um, all right, so so let's uh, let's jump into our uh, our good old fuck Mary kill here. So we have head to heads outrights and t20s i figure this those three sort of cover it right like you know you'll you'll put top tens you'll put top fives um you know you could include that in with the top 20s if you want uh but which uh which direction are we going here all right i'm gonna kill head-to-heads that's just uh i mean anything coin flip related i can it's really not for me i typically will put like five or six in a parlay and try to get lucky like this is this is fun for me. It's not like I'm grinding, you know, plus 110 lines out here. I'm trying to just really have some excitement, you know, put a put some dollars down and, and hope to multiply it by a few more. So definitely uh, kill head-to-heads. Um, I'll marry the top 20s. I think those are pretty stable, pretty secure. You know, you can you can have a future with those. You can make, you can make you can build a <laughs> a solid uh you know a solid life with the with the top 20s if you just want to play it safe and then obviously uh we'll we'll go with the home run we're going to we're going to fuck the outrights uh you know those are the most fun that's what you're all there for that's why you know that's what brings in all the all the big bucks so yeah that's uh definitely my order and so as far as when you're when you're uh you know pulling up all the all the lines are out. You have all the markets open in front of you. Um, is there a particular way that it, like is there a structure that you have that you are always betting outrights to win X amount of units? That you're betting T20s for a certain amount? That you're doing head to heads, or is it sort of uh, you know week dependent? Or if you feel you know like there's there's a particular edge that you have, uh, would that change things? Um, I actually used to just blindly put you know money down and hope to you know i wasn't really worried about the the payout but it is nicer to kind of have a level payout regardless of who the pick is and that's actually something i've started to do out of the break i'm not sure if if it's you know been a a key to success but it is something uh you know i'm probably putting a little bit more on the 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 favorites that I'm picking than I typically would. Whereas I might put the same amount of units on someone who's 66 as someone who's 33. And then um, I've kind of reversed course there. So that's actually, I've never really thought about that as something I've changed, but that's probably something I've changed coming out of the break. And I'm not, I don't really have a reason for it, but it's, I guess it's worked. I no, no complaints so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever system, when you're picking winners every week, whatever system you end up uh, choosing is going to probably work pretty well. Yeah, we're going to, I, I know I'm going to go real cold here real soon. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, 
I'll keep the spotlight on me for another week or so. And then people will realize I like, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, so yeah, no, I, I, I ask because it's, uh, it's something that I've been, uh, I've been thinking about recently and I know every time I see, uh, you know, people posting their cards and stuff like that. Um, whenever there's, you know, whenever it's broken down by their bet size, typically, uh, it seems like a lot of people are sort of like bet outrights to win eight units, you know, maybe invest like one and a half to two units in that. And then, uh, you know, they, they have sort of a system, but I've noticed that, uh, most of the, the people that break it down for you, uh, for whatever reason, seem to bet to win eight units on outrights. I don't really know where that came from or if that's like some rule that I'm just like naive to, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I I don't think about it. Like, yeah, I've never put out the units, anything like that. Again, this is very fun for me. It's not on full transparency. I'm not like tracking things on a spreadsheet. Once I'm done, it just, I'm just going with the flow. If, if I'm feeling good, you know, I'd, I'll hit, but uh, there's definitely stretches where I'm not, and but it's not like, no sweat off my back. It's not the end of the world. So, perfect segue. Who who do you think, uh, or I'm sure you know, but who has which golfer has made you the most money? Yeah, I saw this as a coming question. I, I truthfully, I'm not sure if I know the answer because again, I don't keep track. But um, I guess I've. I've been lucky with Xander a few times. I, I had the the Greenbrier, his first one, and then Tour Championship WGC, or not Tour Championship, Tournament of Champions, and then a WGC. So three of his wins is is not bad. Yeah. Um, definitely someone I keep going back to. That's probably why you'll see Xander. Uh, he's uh, someone I like to talk about or, or feature in my cards. Uh, just he's been, he's been, he's treated me well in the past, so there's no reason to go back or not go back. Um, and maybe Webb Simpson, I think, uh, his players win at 80 to one was, uh, something I definitely took advantage of. And then this at the waste management this past year was another, you know, kind of a nice web win. So, uh, having both the webs with recent wins and then Xander a few times are probably the guys I go to. I bet I, I pick Xander a lot. I don't pick Webb as much. So maybe, maybe Webb takes the cake there as the, uh, as the winner. Yeah, you might you might have given back some of yeah, the uh, some of the Xander bucks. Some Xander bucks back. <laughs> These last few weeks included. I think I've I've been on them like three or four <laughs> straight weeks. So I just keep going back. It's like it's like uh, you know picking lottery numbers. You don't you sometimes don't want to skew too far away from your set of numbers because uh, you never know when they're going to pop up. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean i I don't do uh, I don't do a ton of a ton of outrights. The the only thing I I absolutely do outright wise each week is the the two cash locks that I write up in my uh Rotoviz article because I mean if if they win and uh and I don't have that I, I don't even know what I would do. That's something I've learned um when writing about it. You you have to make a play on it or else you I did it like maybe when I first started writing these articles, it was I wrote one up and then I didn't have the, the same number as where I was offered the, the number in my books here, but um, missed out and it stung. It was the worst. Yeah. And it's also like, then, you know, people are reaching out like, Oh, congrats. Good hit. And you're like, Oh, well, yeah. it would have been so cool. <laughs> like yeah, you just have exactly nothing to say back. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, it's not bad giving out winners, but you do want to be on the, on the capitalize. You want to capitalize when you get it right. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, listen, there, there's, there's really not a, uh, not a worse feeling for me than writing somebody up and just having them completely trunk slam. Like that, that truly bothers me. Like yeah. over the course of the weekend, if, if a guy that I write up misses a cut, like this week was, was a tough one with, uh, with wise, uh, as one of my cash locks. And it's just like, like people, it is people tough like on it, that. Cause of what I said, <laughs> that's why I, I, again, I try to make this more about a hobby, which is, I guess it's, a, I don't know, maybe taking some of the pressure off me internally. Like I'm not, I try to preface it with like, this is, this is fun. This is something I do as a hobby that I'm not here. Please, please do not you know, go above and beyond your comfort level on these picks. This is golf betting. So I try to remind those people as much as I can, but I mean, to the casual fan, this, like this restart, I'm not sure I've, I took heat on some of my recent picks. Like I I thought I'm doing decent, but if you go to the comment section on my articles, it's like, Oh, you're all three of your four picks missed the cut. It's like, yeah, but the other guy won. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's to the, to the common sports better. It's, sometimes hard to wrap your head around like why you're keep giving out losers. Um, but yeah. 30 to one, 40 to one. It's, it's not, it's not an easy thing for sure. I mean, when, when you, we like, we even have these conversations uh, on Twitter every so often where it's like, Oh, so-and-so can't close. They can't win. It's like, it's incredibly difficult to win a PGA tour event. Like we just, we also need to always preface everything with that. Like it is not something like, uh, you know, like you're in the NBA and you like can't get over the hump in a series. Like it's it's just not on the same level. Not like it, it's a it's a completely different. It's just a completely different mindset in saying, you know, if if a guy wins three times in a year, uh, they're probably going to be in the conversation for player of the year uh, or, or most likely win it if one of those wins is a major. Um, whereas like it, as a weekly sport, like you you just can't like for casual fans, you just, you can't explain and hammer that home enough. (laughs) Yeah. That's again, that is the best way to look at it because there's going to be some very tough, you know, eight week stretches where you're just scratching your head, figuring out what you're doing wrong, but eventually something's going to click. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun that it's so different than the other sports, which is what I enjoy most about it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the four day sweat is the best. Um, and just having a little bit of a break, like, I don't know how these MLB, Uh, or NHL people, NBA people. Like, I I truly don't know. Uh, I could not wrap my head around, like, that grind. Like, I mean, golf is all year round, so it's it's definitely a grind in its own way. But getting a couple days to decompress before the next tournament starts uh, is is very, very clutch. Yeah, let's, like, Monday, when those odds come out Monday, it's gut reaction. Tuesday, I'm, I'm typically working, so I'm doing other stuff than looking at odds and then wednesday again full day off and then fire it up back thursday so it is to get to get those two days off in between tournaments is definitely nice and again that three-month break that we had was like an off season for us so i wouldn't mind if we start mixing in a little you know a couple weeks off i i feel like i could have taken the 3m open off and not missed anything and i think everyone (laughs) would have been fine but yeah (laughs) they like to pump out tournaments every week and and we'll be here for them Yep, two this week. So, <laughs> um, all right. So on the on the flip side of the last question, who is uh, who's the guy that you just can't get right that that has that you think has maybe lost you uh, the most money? Oh man, um, 
probably maybe Bubba. I his numbers are always like big, and you always think he he can win, you know, because he's got like you know twelve, eleven, twelve wins, whatever it is, and then. But his misses are so bad. Like there's not even. It wasn't even like it was. It's a swing and a miss. You're never gonna get like make contact and maybe have hope. So it's <laughs> you know early if that thing's not gonna if that thing's not live. So like Bubba this past week, tough miss cut. Um, he comes to mind. Uh, I don't know. I I probably blow too much money on some on some long shots like Doc Redman. Uh, he hasn't pulled through for me yet, but I was taking him out of this break. Uh, yeah, no no one really at the top. I don't I don't like chase the Tony Finau's, the Ricky Fowler's a lot. Like yeah. some people are maybe prone to, but, um, that's all I, I've accepted the fact that I'm not going to be on speeds next win. I'm not going to be on females right. next win or Fowler's next win. And that's okay with me. Cause like, that's just something I'm never going to do. So I'm, I'm not going to chase that. So, um, I think that's, if you're, if you're okay with, you know, like I'm okay this week, if Rory wins, I'm okay. If Rom goes back to back, like that's something I'm not going to try to chase. So, um, you know, being okay with guys winning is, definitely an easy easy way to uh help save the bankroll yeah i mean rory is a prime example of what i was talking about before right like oh he can't he can't close now he, it's sunday rory and and whatever else and it's like all right but then when when he wins you're not gonna say that so just uh he can go back to back here and like no one would be shocked right. so but I, again i'm i won't be there for it but you know power to him if he does it yeah exactly um, all right, so let's uh, let's close this out. Uh, obviously, when you first start off, uh, when you first start off betting, uh, or really doing, you know, whether it's DFS or betting, uh, you can you can usually look back and be like, "What the hell? What <laughs> what was I doing at the start of this?" So, if if you could think of one thing for uh, for somebody to uh, think about, a piece of advice. Uh, at the beginning of you know, sort of, sort of going through uh, betting or making a lineup, what would, what would, what would it be? Man, there's that's there's a lot there. Um, I think just get the full picture, whatever that you know. Don't just look at numbers. Don't just look at tape. I think that was early on for me. I you know we didn't have there were some spreadsheets out there, but there weren't these like in depth websites that have you know years and years worth of strokes gain data. Right. tournament history all that type of stuff that really completes the picture even like round by round data that was you know early on that was tough to tough to figure out and not yeah. a lot of people were doing it so um that was obviously tough because you were just you're just kind of going off results you were looking at you know top tens but you didn't really know how that top 10 happened so i think that's definitely helped and something i would recommend everyone does if they really want to take this serious if they want to you know turn it into some kind of hobby or something they um you know add excitement to their golf tournament uh don't just like blindly back guys um and again like find people you trust if you if you can't go that route where you can, you don't want to spend hundreds of dollars a year on a membership to a website find people that you trust and just be thorough don't just don't just scroll to the bottom of their you know their article and and see what picks they made um cuz you're really not learning anything in that process Right. Uh, I think there's a lot of articles out there that are maybe they're long, but they're full of good information and tell an, again, a full story as to why those people are making those picks. And, uh, yeah, you can just learn a lot from, from reading rather than just, you know, seeing a number and, and going to chase that number on a book. So 
yeah, find some guys you trust, be thorough. And uh, if you if you want to really get into it, uh, find some data site that uh, that can help tell the full story. Yeah, for sure. I, I think one of the one of the things that's the coolest about doing all of this for me is just, you know, the puzzle of it all trying to figure out um, what what information we should be paying attention to and what we can what we can avoid uh, is is really one of the more important battles, I think, uh, just trying to and understanding the nature of all this, like we said, right, like knowing that you aren't you're not going to just crack the code and and have you know, three winners every month or something like that. Like there's going to be, there's always going to be stretches where, uh, where it goes a little sideways for you in golf, whether you're playing or betting on it or making lineups. Yeah. And then like when those happen, they'll, they'll definitely happen. But for me, again, it's an enjoyment thing. Like it, it shouldn't take away from the, for me, this again, this is very personal, but it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of watching a tournament, like watching Michael Thompson this, this weekend as, kind of boring as that Sunday was like, I was happy that he won. Right. Um, didn't have obviously nothing on tiger at the masters, but that was incredible. Like you shouldn't be so invested that you can't really enjoy the end result or else. I mean, then you're like super numbers based and you have no attachment to the sport. Again, that's, like, that's not me, but um, right. I just, I'm a fan first. And then, yeah, like I said, heighten the experience through, you know, trying to predict what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on tonight. It's, this was uh, I hope the people enjoy this one. This was uh, this was good. A little different than the than the usual uh, look back at the at the past event and look forward to uh, the next one. So hopefully we can uh, hopefully some people, you know, learn some stuff about your process. Uh, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you can find Eric on Twitter at EPAT golf and all of his work over at the score. Uh, so make sure you're following him if you haven't already done so. And I will say, sorry, yep. I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt too much here, but I do appreciate you letting me lead off of this new little series you're doing. You have some, uh, you have some two heavy hitters coming in after me. So I appreciate you letting me low. set the bar <laughs> a little low and let those guys kind of run with it. No, so this, thank the, you very much for that. This was great, yeah, and and uh, I'm looking I'm looking forward to uh, to those conversations uh, in the coming week as well, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Appreciate it, anytime.